Welcome to the Bold Speak Podcast. I'm Anthony Creedon. On this episode of the podcast, my wife Ashley joins me once again as we take a hard look at the distinction between revenge and justice and how revenge is a killer of the very hope we are called to. And on The Wire, we're going to take a look at the Twitter campaign to fire Gina Carano from The Mandalorian and how we as Christians should approach such campaigns. All of that right now as we give them the bold speak. Welcome, everyone, to the Bold Speak podcast. Glad you could join us as we continue to go through this series, Defending Hope. Now, on this episode, we're going to take a look at revenge um, as the hope killer, um, looking at how revenge is really rooted in hopelessness. And joining me uh, once again on this episode is my lovely wife, Ashley. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Um, now, she's going to help us to kind of work through some of these things. You know, again, uh, her insights in, into a lot of her background with psychology and things are very helpful here. And especially talking about this idea of revenge. And we're going to look at it in contrast with with justice and a lot of the ideas um, that are going along with that. Um, as usual, we're continuing to go through First Peter chapter three. And uh, today we're going to be looking at specifically verses 10 through 12, um, but focusing a lot on 11 through 12. So I'm going to read those really quickly to kind of give you a context uh, for what we're talking about here. So again, this is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. This is the English Standard Version of the Bible. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, Peter here is quoting from Psalm 34, and we're going to get into that a little bit later uh, in the context of Psalm 34 as it relates to David in his life. But, you know, right out of the gate, I, I think it's important to, to really have an understanding of what we're dealing with and we're dealing with revenge because I think there's a lot of confusion um, associated with revenge. And if you want to uh, see a little bit more about what we're talking about in regard to revenge, you can make sure you uh, connect with us online and, and read the blog post that was put up about this. Uh, you can find that at www.theboldspeak.com forward slash blog uh, and get a bit of a context here. But the idea of revenge, as I said, I think is a lot of times confused with um, a lot of the ideas that we associate with justice. So the first question here, actually, for us to, to really kind of sift through is, I guess, how would you characterize revenge? And then do you do you see a, a distinction or a difference between revenge and justice? Yeah, well, taking the first question that you asked, I, I would characterize revenge as a, a desire to pay back, I okay, guess. Okay, sure. Um, to repay what what was done. Okay. Um, but it, the the difference between revenge and justice, I I would venture to guess that most people probably don't think there is a difference. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, I mean, justice is is fair treatment, right treatment for you know whatever it was that was done sure. it, it, from a societal perspective right um i think that you know god god gives justice in order to to teach us sure. um but in a lot of a lot of ways we i think we seek revenge 
because in our minds that is justice. Okay, so for for us, well, I guess maybe for the general world, we don't necessarily feel it doesn't maybe feel like there's a difference. Right. There maybe there is a difference, yes, but it, does, it right, doesn't it right, doesn't right. feel like there's a difference. Right. Um. Yeah. Because I I think you know as I as I look at revenge and especially you know as I, I look at scripture and we're gonna get um, a little bit later into a a parable that's gonna help us sort through some of these things, but I think revenge is characterized by that kind of personal feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like I like uh, you know as as I have been wronged. I want to feel satisfied in my anger, in my you know feeling or sense of betrayal, or, and I want or whatever. you to feel the way that I feel. Exactly. That and, way, the the playing field is level. That's and, per- and we're in the same place. Yeah, perfectly said. I, I think that's it. I you know I think we which isn't justice at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It really isn't. Well, and that's because you know I think you know looking at the difference between revenge and justice, I think revenge is very me focused. Mm-hmm. Justice should be. Um, other focused, or, you know, right. and, and, and we've mentioned this on the show before, you know, there, there's a reason why prisons were once called, you know, I, I think more popularly called corrections facilities. Mm-hmm. The idea was correction. The, the idea of justice was to, um, you know, bring about change in the other person so that they would legitimately stop the problem or the right. thing that's inside them that's causing them to wrong others. Right. So there's mm-hmm. this this sense of of change in the other person. Uh, justice was very much geared toward that. Revenge is just about me being satisfied, satiating that anger um, mm-hmm. inside of me, so that I can feel like, well, now you hurt too, and 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 that's you know, the, things are right with the world now. Right, right. But that really doesn't make anything right. Exactly, it doesn't really yeah. help anything. Um, well, and I think that's a big reason why, in some instances, we withhold forgiveness. Mm. It, it feels like a way by which to get revenge. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, it hurts, and mm-hmm. and that hurt, we feel like rather than both of us living as redeemed, we'll both just live as hurt, right. um, and that right. feels just as good. Um, exactly. Or so yeah. we you think. You don't deserve my forgiveness, so I'm I'm gonna withhold it and hurt you too because right. you're not forgiven, but. Who is that really hurting? <laughs> right, right. Well, <laughs> not usually the other person. I right. Mean, not, you know, not as much as it hurts yourself. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, talk about a leveling of the playing field. I guess that can go two ways, right? You can either go down to level the playing field, which is what you're talking about with, the, mm-hmm. you know, withholding forgiveness, and now we're both kind of in the crap, you know. Right. Or you can ascend to that leveling where we're both now living as redeemed and, and changed people. Um, mm-hmm. in the love of Christ and, and kind of this idea of, of who, who God has made us to be. So right. two ways to go there. Yeah, re- revenge is more of that, you know, descending to leveling the playing field, mm-hmm. whereas justice is about ascending um, right. and, and really helping another person to, to change and be different. That's excellent. Um, so I guess with that in mind, you know, the, the whole concept here of, of defending hope and what we've been discussing throughout this entire podcast series has really been around um, you know, having hope and then in contrast to to hopelessness. And and there's a lot of contrast that I discussed with Will in episode three about, you know, what it looks like as a, a hopeless person has something like unity and brotherly love and what a, a hopeful person has with unity and brotherly love. Looking at revenge, how does revenge kind of serve as a reflection of hopelessness? Hmm, that's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> lots of big questions here on the Bold Speak podcast. This is what we do. Um, well, there's there's a lot to that. There's a lot of a lot of layers to that question. I think. Mm. Um, I, I think in in one sense, seeking revenge, you know, Im- implies that you don't think that the other person will change, whether that's a conscious thought or not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also kind of implies that, you know, God, I, I know that you're your god and and that's great but this right. person wronged me and i'm i'm gonna just take this one sure i'm gonna do take this into my own hands and sure like yeah you you've got justice in other places but this one i want sure you know it, it it's it's kind of hopeless in the sense that god will act sure so it's maybe a bit of a trust issue right in regard to your relationship to god and saying like you know I don't know that I'll be satisfied with the justice that that you will do, <laughs> right? Um, right. You know, and maybe because that, or that you even will, right? And, and maybe because that that you know, as we talked about, that ascent to leveling the playing field, um, mm-hmm. doesn't feel like justice to us, right? Um, because justice is that that eye for an eye, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which Jesus right. says, you know, you've heard that, but I tell you, give him give him the cloak off your back, you know, kind of a deal. So Jesus is saying we need to think about justice differently there, right? And and. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like to kind of trust God in justice? Right. Um, Where in some instances, justice could could genuinely look like someone made a mistake, feels awful for that mistake, right. sits in, in toil and, and heartbreak over that mistake, right. turns from his ways, and then lives a perfectly happy life. Right. You know, but but to the person that was wronged, if you're looking at it through the lens of, of sin and, and whatever, through hopelessness, I guess, it, it kind of feels like, well, crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you didn't you didn't hurt like I did. And right. now you're just fine. Like, that's right. not fair. You should be punished. You should be right. whatever. And, right. and it's easy to feel like you need to carry out that vengeance on your own because mm. sometimes God does things in a very different way than what we would or what we would desire. Yeah. Boy, you said a very interesting word there that I'd like to explore a little bit further, which is fairness. Um, you know what? I think when you yeah. talk about revenge, uh, fairness is a concept that I think is uh, kind of at the forefront of our minds, you know, especially when someone wrongs us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also a concept that I feel like while we have an easy time applying to others it's very difficult to apply it to ourselves. Right. Right. In other words, like someone can wrong us and we can think to ourselves like, you know, again, like that's not fair. Mm. Um, they didn't hurt like I hurt. They didn't experience this or whatever. Um, but when when fairness is sort of applied to us, uh, it, it kind of changes a little bit. Right. right. Like, like I, well, I, I'm sorry and I didn't mean to. And, and can't you just forgive me? And can't you just be merciful to me? You know what I mean? So right. there's two different kind of perspectives on fairness. Um, mm. And and. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, this, you know, we, when we want people to hurt, um, when we want people to kind of experience what we've experienced, um, there isn't a whole lot of, of thought as to like, is this, is this what's best for them? Is this, you know, what kind of what, what God is driving toward? And Mm -hmm. that, it brings me to, um, the, the parable of the persistent widow. And, and I've always found this parable fascinating. I, I think sometimes it gets a little bit lost because, the, the context is kind of briefly mentioned by Luke about prayer, but it is specifically prayer about justice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read this real quickly. This is Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 1 to 8. It says this, again, English Standard Version of the Bible. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, 
so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, a lot of the ways I think this this parable sort of gets lost is... You know, he says right at the front, Luke does, um, a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And I think we stop at the always pray and forget that the prayer is about not losing heart, which is hopelessness, right? So you have this, you know, this this woman who um, kind of loses heart. She, she becomes sort of hopeless. And so she becomes persistent to the judge about give me justice, give me justice, right. give me justice. Finally, he gets annoyed um, with her continual coming to him and asking for justice. They're just like, fine, my goodness, just shut up, right? right, I'll, right. I'll, I'll take care of it. And Jesus compares that to, to humanity in the way that we relate to others, saying, you know, God will give justice. What my concern is, is when the Son of Man comes, when he returns, which is the larger context of this passage, will he find faith on earth? And, and it seems like what he's getting at here is justice, while good should not be our pursuit, right? Mm. That we should leave to God. What we should be concerned about is will we find faith, which is a, a story of conversion, right. right? In other words, what will we find people of faith here? And that's what we should be thinking about in relating to people. So when someone wrongs you, right? When you're looking at this, the situation where, you know, you feel hurt and you're faced with revenge or justice, Justice really is other focused with an idea or thought of I'm, I'm hopeful that the gospel can change their life. I'm hopeful that forgiveness, right, that assent to to leveling the playing field of saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving you and in the midst of, of your sin and, and these things that this will bring about change in your life. And so the the concept so hard to oh, oh absolutely so it is no, absolutely <laughs> i'm none of this none of this is said with the intention of like this is real easy guys just right absolutely. right it's fine uh don't worry about it um but but it really is that's what the call is right, right. that's what the yep. call is what what the bible is asking us to do is to to think about people from a perspective of when you have wronged me to forgive and pray for justice to happen so that they might turn and live and that's the goal. Justice is, you know, that's where it's other focused. I want change in their life so that they would turn and have faith with me and we too would walk together in faith. Right. That's a big, big difference. Yes. Between mm-hmm. revenge and justice. And I do think it is kind of rooted in this idea of of being hopeful in people's change. Hopelessness, however, um, <laughs> It, it, you know, when you when you go about life thinking through things and, and looking at, you know, how you interact with people from a place of hopelessness, the hard part is that, you know, we, we talked about this descent of leveling the playing field. Mm-hmm. It's like hopelessness breeds hopelessness. Right. right. And, and so you have this reaction of one hopeless reality to another. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. How, you know, how does hopelessness kind of breed more hopelessness? I think when we seek revenge on other people, um, you know, we're, we're acting in our own hope, hopelessness. Um, it kind of becomes a norm. Sure. You know, it, it, it becomes a situation of, I want you to hurt the way that I hurt. 
therefore that person is then you know when they get hurt in the next situation or whatever then yeah. then revenge is just going to be the thing that they do right um whereas offering forgiveness right away in the face of that hurt it's kind of a moment of like wait, wait what right right <laughs> you're not trying to hurt me back like th th that's it this is it right this is over right you know it's it's refreshing almost to a point of confusing <laughs> right right well you know it's a little bit like we talked about with vulnerability where you know being vulnerable opens up a space for vulnerability right you know acting in mercy opens up a space for hope mm -hmm. um you know where the person starts to believe maybe i maybe this sin or maybe this thing i, I you know i did is not all that i am mm -hmm. you know whereas when we act in revenge and, and and act in that sort of hopelessness it sort of breeds that revenge right no no one ever experiences revenge and goes oh that that felt good right like right. oh i feel better now like it, it, it never feels like it's over right exactly you, know, you seek revenge and you still want more you still want to hurt them more you still want to you know it, it right it never satisfies right right it's a continual thing that that you just want to you know even in in one particular situation not even just you know repeated situations you always want revenge that obviously is true too right but, right, right but in that one situation you know, seeking revenge or saying something mean back or whatever, like it's never enough. Right. It never feels over. Right. And it, it almost always leads to escalation. Right. right? Like, it, it, you know, I got hurt. I need to hurt you now worse than you hurt me. And then they're right. like, well, nah, I need to no, hurt need you to hurt worse. You. Right. right. And it just escalates. And, and, and yeah, it, it never really satisfies. It never really accomplishes what you genuinely want to accomplish. Right. Because mm -hmm. when when you're hurt or someone does something to you, you want them to stop. Right. Right. You want right. it to end. I, you know, if it's not like a, I want you to stop against me, you know, at the very least, I want you to stop so you don't do it to other people. But the only way that actually ever happens is through change on their part. Right. Right. Just just stopping them in that moment doesn't mean that you've changed them to a point where they won't do it again or won't do it to someone else. Right. And and revenge only seems to escalate to the point where it makes things worse. And now you're in, in many ways sort of encouraging them to do it to you again or to another person. Right. So nothing was learned in that right. situation. It just was a, a tit for tat situation of let's make everything worse right constantly right right <laughs> which is again you know where revenge is is, is so self-seeking mm -hmm. whereas justice is is very much other focused and and so in relationship to all of this you know this is why i think peter brings out psalm 34 in in david's experience in particular with saul Right. So David, to give you a context uh, for those who aren't familiar with the story, right? David is anointed king as a boy and, and it's in the midst of Saul's kingship, right? Saul has not been removed from being king. It's just that, you know, in the eyes of the Lord, it was time for David. David needed to be king. So David is anointed king. Saul knows about this and, and Saul seeks David's life. So he he tries to hunt him down and he's pursuing him. Several times, David has an opportunity to actually take out Saul um, and, and, and chooses not to. And in his reflection on this time is what we get from from Psalm 34. So Ashley's going to read this for us again, the English standard version. You're, you're actually going to read a little bit more than than what Peter gives us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, because um, it gives a little bit of a context uh, for what it goes. So this is, uh, again, Psalm 34. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, and to cut off the memory of them from the earth. 
When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So I think this is a, you know, a, a great example of what what we are to do in the face of, you know, revenge and, and fight fighting hopelessness. Sure. Um, you know, in, in one sense, it's kind of, it's a very simplistic idea of that, you know, right. it's, it just, just don't do it. <laughs> right, right. Just, just don't. Um. Right. <laughs> which, which sounds kind of, I don't know, it, it, I guess, like I said, it sounds very simplistic. It sounds kind of dumbed down, but right. I, it's the, that's the truth you know right. that's, that is how we are to approach it just don't, just don't just don't do it don't seek revenge that um, doesn't mean that it's easy to do it doesn't mean that it's right. you know something simple that we we can just as as sinful people turn that off in our heads but but right. it is something that we need to fight against right you know it's and and trust that how many times in here does does it say that the lord's the lord is is toward the righteous he, right he's near to the brokenhearted he's you know, he, he turns his face against those who do evil, um, right. you know, so along with saying, well, just don't do it. <laughs> there are, are countless times in here that he says God will. Right. You know, God is God has got it taken care of. This is not your job. This is not something that you are to pursue. This is not something that you are to do. What you are to do is to 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 love them and to forgive them and right. trust that God will will take care of it. Yeah, you know, and that's where I think it's helpful to to sort of read beyond um, what Peter gives us. I think Peter's assuming a lot in terms of what the audience at that time. Right. would understand with Psalm 34, but, you know, reading past where Peter stops to, to, to get to the, the ideas of, you know, verse 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the Christian spirit, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's these ideas that, that God is there. It's not like God doesn't know what's going on with you. It's right, not like he, right. he's unfamiliar with the troubles that you're dealing with or doesn't know that you've been wronged. Mm-hmm. The, the key is, is that your pursuit um, should be a change in, in true justice. And, and in many cases, what that means is pray for justice and be willing to forgive. Right. And, and that reaction to being wronged, I, I think, goes against everything our sinful nature wants us right, to respond right. with. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is very, very difficult. You know, you mentioned several times how, how simplistic it seems to be. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just, just don't do that. Um, it, the reality is, is that that's, that's it seems simplistic as we would say because it's so hard to do right it, in a sense hurts more yes um everything Maybe not, not in the long run but in that right. moment it hurts more to say you know what <laughs> it, it's god's job to do the rest but my job to forgive you and that's right. what i'm gonna do right you know it, it's hard to do that and it it hurts and it's uh, you know I, all i want to do is punch you in the face but <laughs> right. i'm told that i'm supposed to forgive you <laughs> right. so I, I gotta forgive you please please i gotta forgive you yeah no uh, you know and it's something that i'm i'm constantly reminded of because it's something that we reference and talk about often you know in timothy you know timothy keller's reference to the the fact that forgiveness is sort of like christ absorbing the sin mm-hmm. right. and how difficult that is to do but justice does exactly that it absorbs right. the sin and then prays that 
change might come about in that person who wronged us. Mm -hmm. And and everything we read from scripture says that's God's responsibility, not ours. Um, Because uh, let's be honest, we're far too sinful to do it right. Right. right? We're, yeah. we're just, we're yeah. far too sinful to, to do it correctly in the way that it needs to be done because all of our emotions and anger and hurt are sort of wrapped up in that. And it becomes very difficult. So if, if we focus on forgiveness and we focus on, um, you know, God executing justice as he sees fit, which uh, again, I, I want to make sure we preface or, or at least clarify that in saying that that doesn't mean that, you know, God executes justice, um, on simply sort of a thought or emotional level. Sometimes that means that there are authorities involved. Sometimes that means there are, you know, natural Mm -hmm. repercussions for actions and, and, and things like that. That's okay. That's all right. It just shouldn't be you, the one doing it, right? You shouldn't be the one kind of executing that because you're, you're far too close to the situation. You should be praying for and, and forgiving and, and praying for that justice Mm -hmm. to occur, um, so that it doesn't turn into that hopeless sort of revenge. Yeah, I um, think the the praying for and the forgiveness is the key there because, you know, I think in another sense we could, in our sinful nature, in that in that moment, you know, we could we could think to ourselves, well, okay, the goal is supposed to be that this other person changes. Well, right? Can't they change by my hurting them back right, so right. that they get the lesson and right. they know, you know, n- no, right. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the point. Right. You know, yes, we should be after their change. We should be after, you know, them not doing that again. Right. But that's not accomplished by heaping evil on top of evil. Right. Right. Um, the key there is, you know, that, that we seek forgiveness and again let god do the rest yeah Pray for them and let god do the rest yeah now this this brings to mind um an interesting question that i want to kind of throw out at you and, and kind of get your thoughts on so you know looking at that in this conversation and the nature of of you know how we should be seeking justice and not revenge and you have to be very careful about the steps that we take toward mm-hmm. that kind of justice you know thinking about the the idea of of church discipline <laughs> um is is that even the role of the church to pursue um, that kind of justice? And and if so, to 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 what extent? I mean, I know this is a a huge question, um, you know. But you know, you look at the the church and their responsibilities in in the realm of justice. Um, you know, you see congregations, ministries, sort of encouraging that people be treated fairly, be treated with love. But for the church, it, it seems to me that it's our responsibility that that only goes so far um, as encouraging and working with people to pursue love and, and to pursue faith. But we don't kind of carry the responsibility to, to execute justice. That's that's not who we are. Right. Um, right. It, w- it would seem to me. Um, it, I mean, it, I think that the same thing applies for the church. I mean, I think that you know, restoration of that person should always be the number one goal, right. not punishment. Not, right. You know, I mean, I, I guess uh, that's not to say that uh, a particular punishment for an action is is wrong. Right. Um, Actions have consequences. That, right. That doesn't change. Right. Um, but restoration should always be the goal. Right. I don't know that the church does it that way. Right in a lot of ways, in a lot of sense, 
senses. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know that restoration is always the goal as much as it is, well, we are the authorities and, and punishment is the goal. Sure. I think, it, I think it ends there too often. Right. The, the church has sort of adopted a, a, um, a civil sort of aspect to this where it's like, well, it's also our responsibility to, you know, execute these things, you know, and you think about, um, you know, the ideas of, of people being refused communion or, or, mm -hmm. you know, even, even what the, the, the ancient church would call anathema, which is basically to say you're, you're kicked out of the church. Right. Um, those kinds of things were always done with the intent of showing the drastic nature by which their sin has corrupted them so that they might realize that um, and and mm -hmm. and still yet return. Right, um, right. And I think a lot of this comes from the, the you know, the infu infamous Matthew 18 way of dealing with conflict, you know, where you go one to one and if they still won't listen, um, you know, you, you go to them with several brothers. If they still won't listen, you go with, to them with the church. Mm -hmm. And if they still won't listen, it says you treat them as a sinner or a tax collector with the idea of that doesn't mean like, you know, treat them as a, a sinner or a tax collector, which means don't talk to them or engage right. with them Kick anymore. Them out and, and never speak again. Right. And, uh, Treating them as a I sinner. I don't know what that would even accomplish. <laughs> right. Um, if the if the idea is restoration and the idea is is making that person better, if you will, um, kicking them out and never talking to them again is is, is not going to accomplish anything. No, it's it, because it, what they need is the church. What they need is the gospel, and and in that moment. You're, you're depriving them of their ability to, to get that. <laughs> right. Well, and that becomes the revenge effect, right? You right. know, and, and that hopelessness breeding hopelessness. When the church says, you're no longer welcome here, uh, what more sense of hopelessness would you feel right. than the church who's, uh, you know, officially representing God saying, you don't have a place here, which is essentially right. what they hear is God saying, God I don't want you. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and so, you know, what that verse in Matthew 18 is saying is not you know, treating them as a sinner and tax collector does not mean kicking them out. It, it mm. means treating them as an unbeliever, which means the way that you approach talking about their sin is different. different right? right? You talk to a non-believer differently about sin than you talk to a believer because there's a lot of assumptions and ideas um, that are sitting in the background of a believer that aren't there uh, with a non-believer. So mm -hmm. it's a different way to approach them, but it never means kind of kicking them out or kind of disowning them. That's, that's never on the table. Right. Um, and I think, I think that's important to recognize as well in this conversation uh, about revenge and, and hopelessness. Um, so uh, man, I, I hope you've had a chance to, to kind of hear a little bit of this dialogue in regard to revenge. I do think um, it is a distinction that needs to be made, maybe even needs to be clarified even more in the church today when we seem to be very polarized um, and revenge really just does seem like a natural reaction uh, right. to so many things. And hopefully uh, we've given you a bit of direction there. So thanks for joining us for this one, Ashley, once again, um, so great to have you on the show. Um, and, and uh, I encourage you all to kind of stick with us and continue to listen here. We've got uh, a few more episodes left on this uh, defending hope idea. Uh, and hopefully you can uh, get a little bit more insight as to how we can have uh, sustaining hope um, and avoid the hopelessness and, and a lot of the revenge that's um, so often um, feels kind of natural to us. 
All right. So uh, all that being said, we're actually going to talk about on the wire, uh, a a situation uh, where it feels very much like revenge was the focus. And and a lot of the mentalities and ideas behind um, these, these sort of Twitter assaults on famous people to remove them um, from their jobs or from whatever, um, simply it seems like out of revenge. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that on this edition of the wire. All right, so what we're talking about today is something that's actually been going on for for a little while now, but the the latest kind of flare up within popular society and culture um, is the firing of Gina Carano from The Mandalorian. And, you know, this is the result of uh, a tweet that she made uh, addressing, you know, Jews in Nazi Germany and sort of relating that to the way that Republicans or conservatives are being treated um, in the general uh, kind of... uh, discussion uh, about, you know, liberals, conservatives, all that blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really resonate with me, those titles and, and things. But the, the idea is, is that, you know, because of this insensitive tweet, because of, um, you know, what many would perceive as a, an ignorance or just a, a lack of sensitivity about such a, a very sensitive topic, um, the, the the Internet sort of exploded. And, and Twitter, which, you know, you've, if you've heard me talk about Twitter before, I really have no use for Twitter anymore. Um, it, it really bothers me that Twitter has become the sort of official social media of, of being angsty and angry and and firing off at people. Um, but trending was hashtag fire Gina Carano um, as a result of it. And, and, and Disney eventually bowed down to this um, and removed her from The Mandalorian. The question is, um, and, and I think the thing that, that has bothered me the most about all of this is... Um, this uh, revenge and this sort of like fire her because she's, you know, ignorant about these things. It's sort of become just the, the instant trend of anyone right. who says anything. It's kind of just our MO. Uh, right. That the general society doesn't agree with um, right. and it just becomes fire. And, and you actually read something that said it's gotten even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just Google search Gina Carano and the, the top things that come up I'm on Google on my phone right now is... Um, scrolling through article after article after article of the backlash that her long ago ex-boyfriend is getting forever even having dated her right yeah henry cavill um what is it like i mean this is sort of trending now too mm-hmm. um backlash against him for even dating her i mean and, and i guess the question because is is this what we've become right um you know where we you know, immediately see something, you know, uh, again, you can make a strong case to say that her her words were very insensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they weren't appropriate in, in having this discussion to bring something so tragic um, and, and, and horrible as the way the Jews are treated under Nazi Germany into a discussion like this. That's just that, right. that bad move, bad form. Right. I, th- I think we can all agree on that. However, um, the, the, the way to approach or address, it seems to me, that kind of ignorance is not to just like fire them and dismiss them. Right? Right, Fixing right. ignorance means engaging in dialogue to help them to see that that's not OK mm-hmm. and, and then helping them move forward. But an act like this is not going to help Gina Carano to learn such a lesson. Right. It, it seems well, to me it's just... and, and even if she she knows that something is she knows that it's wrong and, and she messed up and you right. know, I mean she she's from what I understand stories say she deleted that tweet like an hour after she posted it, which right. you don't you don't delete a tweet if you don't recognize that it was <laughs> right maybe insensitive or wrong right. or you know right, right. I, so I, I don't I don't know that 
obviously, you know, I don't, I don't know her. I don't know the situation. Right, I right. don't know what, where she's at with all of that. But I, I wouldn't assume that it's a situation of she didn't know she screwed up. Right, right. And, and the problem is, is that things like that, when people treat people like that, it, it seems to me that all that serves to do is kind of galvanize them to mm-hmm. picking a side or sort of getting in a defensive posture, right. which doesn't ever help them learn and grow as a person. Right. And, you know, when you feel bad for, you know, in many ways you feel bad for, uh, personally, for, for Gina Carano. And I feel bad for the people who sort of trended this this fire Gina Carano thing mm-hmm. because that kind of mindset, like we talked about in the main part of the podcast here, that sort of breeds more revenge type right. you know, things. And when the people start to see that, like, we, we can do this, we got her fired. Um, right. What are the limits there? How right. Like power. Do we uh, now have? Right. Yeah. And, and, power, and Disney just acts in fear in that situation. Right. And in power rooted in things that are unbiblical. I mean, right. I, I don't feel um, that I should be reserved in saying this at all. Christians should be no part of something like this. Right. This is not who we are. This is not what we represent. Um, you know, addressing sin does not mean fire dismissal and disengage. Mm-hmm. That is not the way to, to pursue some of these things. Um, so I, 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 I don't feel like I have to hold back at all in saying Christians should not in any way be involved in something like this. Right. Um, Christians should definitely be involved in a conversation, um, helping people to work through it, um, to overcome ignorance, to help people to be more sensitive, more loving, more caring. But this kind of fire culture and and the power of social media to to ruin people's lives um, because of a, a, an idea or a thought that goes against kind of what they think that that that's just wrong. Um, well, I, I think you know from from the true sense of justice of of changing her behavior. I think that Disney, you know, if if Disney had acted in such a way of releasing a press release of some sort and saying, you know, we've we've had a conversation with her. She understands that this was wrong. Right. We understand that this was wrong. Something like this will not happen again. You know, or if it does, whatever. You know, but it, with restoration in mind, that right. that would be the best solution. However, I think Disney acted, like I said a, a few minutes ago, in fear right. of, you know, if they reacted in that way and, and did that, they'd still have all of those people hashtagging right. fire Gina Carano up in arms and mad at them. And, you know, are we going to lose money from this? Are we going right. to, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, and that's that's not okay <laughs> right right i yeah i i would think uh, you know and maybe this is a bit naive or foolish of me but I, I would tend to think that it would be a better pr situation for disney to to do what you said to, right. to say look we we get it she screwed up we've had a conversation with her you know even say look we're going to put her through some sensitivity training we're going to do these things right mm-hmm. so there's actual steps in place to say look right. she's repentant um we're going to move her through a process and and put her back in position and everything's going to be fine but to the world's view that's not enough right because the world is rooted in revenge right. and not justice and and i right. think so i think this plays very well into the conversation we had mm-hmm. because it just goes to show you people's mentality and and the problem is is it's that mentality that is contributing even more 
to the polarization um, and, and the, the the adversarial view of the other that we see right. so prominent in culture and society today. Right. Um, and it's just it's well, and it's, now cancel Disney Plus is trending too. Right, so right. That. It's just it's heartbreaking. I it mean, just people are mad about the way that this was handled. And, yeah, and people are canceling Disney Plus for that for that reason. You know, so I think when when people try to please everybody or try to you know uh, appease the the vengeance side, you're right. gonna get backlash on the other side. So just right. do it right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in Disney in the way that they did that. I, first of all, I think that uh, where's the Mandalorian gonna go now? That they just amped up her character and right, <laughs> now right. she's gone. Bye. So yeah. I'm I'm pretty disappointed in that on right. a personal level. Right. But um, you know, I'm I'm disappointed in Disney for for acting in this way and for for doing carrying it out that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, on this topic, we we'd love to see your comments, responses. Uh, you know, let us know what you think. Let us know if you kind of side with with Disney, let us know if you side with, uh, you know, w- with kind of the firing of Gina Carano, or if you think it was wrong and, and you think Disney should have gone another way. Um, what way should that have been? Uh, just what are your thoughts? Make sure to comment uh, down below uh, and kind of find us on social media. You can contact us there and, and let us know your thoughts. I think this is a, a larger conversation um, about our position and how we approach um, uh, these kind of public wrongs. Uh, from a Christian perspective, uh, and I think that's that's important to engage a conversation with. Um, so there you go. Uh, thoughts on Gina Carano, the whole idea of firing people publicly through Twitter, um, all that on this edition of The Wire. That's all for this edition of the Bold Speak podcast. Make sure you connect with us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, all at forward slash the Bold Speak. Learn more about the ministry and find other resources at www.theboldspeak.com. And make sure you like, subscribe and share this podcast to stay up to date on the latest from Bold Speak Ministries. Until next time, everyone, live the gospel, live with hope and keep giving them the Bold Speak. Bold Speak.